Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott. And folks, good gardening to you. And hello, how's your plant world doing? With this heat, it's so intense. Yikes. If you'd like to talk about it, just simply give us a call, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And as always, the Good Gardening Stroll will lead off Saturday morning, but uh, then afterwards we can discuss what's happening with your trees. How come those peach trees that you have, or they don't have any leaves on the top of them, or those perennials, they didn't bloom this year, or that hillside, it keeps eroding away. Or that little strip along the sidewalk and between the sidewalk and street. I can't get anything to grow there. Well, that's because you've probably got some kind of street trees and there's no soil there to grow anything. And, uh, well, maybe we can go inside because it's so hot and humid. Let's go inside and just talk about your indoor plants. And uh, what about potting mixes versus potting soil? Insect problems, hmm, is there things to be worrying about? Are the hummingbirds around in your yard? Yes, I saw one actually this morning. <laughs> Not in my yard, but uh, where I did my good gardening stroll, which I'll talk about in a few seconds. But remember, this is your show, and I appreciate you hearing about your plant world from me. Very important player. As always, Drew is here, and he's producing. He will answer the phone, get your first name, and then we'll go from there. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. Besides the Saturday morning get-together, I can come to your plant world for an on-site consultation. I call Walk and Talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. Well, let's get strolling. This walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. I stepped outside this morning, and I thought it was going to feel a little bit worse than it did because the temperatures on the computer said it was in the mid to upper 80s already, and I thought, huh, it can't be. But anyway, there was a slight breeze, and uh, birds were singing as I pulled down this alley. The back door address to this building said 4646 the lawn was had been mowed recently it was dotted with dutch white clover there was a solitary bee house handcrafted by jerry Vossig 
and that was in memory of Pearl Bossig, who I assume is, you know, obviously some kind of relative, as wife or something. Anyway, on the back of the building as well, there's rain barrels which catch the water runoff, and it's also there's information related to the roof of the building. It's white, and that keeps it a little bit cooler. The redbud trees, well, they're full of redbud peace pods. Milkweed said hello. And a mural on the building says, this is where nature meets neighborhoods. And it's Brightside St. Louis. It's their home. And the plants to enjoy as you wander around through this area, numerous ornamental grasses. There's blue ageratum. There's four bald cypress which run, and some disco bell hibiscus which run down Shenandoah. And as you head back towards the winding path, there's Black-Eyed Susans, a huge area of Black-Eyed Susans. The blue-flowering spiderworts, there is a rain garden with a waterfall. It's so nice to just kind of stand there and listen to it. Leatris were skyrocketing up, and a dog walker came in, and I said, are you having a good walk? And he said, yes, we come here every morning. And the dog was, yeah, we do. It's a good place to walk. So there's boulders all over the place. In the area along King's Highway, at least part of it, is gonna is a prairie renovation. So that explains what's going on. There's signage that also explains what is a woodland versus a forest. The backdrop junipers. They must have a million blueberries. It's absolutely unbelievable. And wandering through the whole area, lots of different shrubs with different fruits. A section of the walkway where there's blocks, and the blocks show the dedication of people who've been benefiting Brightside St. Louis with donations and information and work and who knows what else, but it's really kind of nice. It does say the area is illuminated by LED lights. And the reason for that is they're much more energy efficient than regular lighting. So it was just kind of an interesting morning. And, uh, well, it was time to go. So I decided, well, I better get going, better get moving. And just as I stepped into my, <laughs> into my car, here comes a hummingbird flying along and going, whoa. Good, you know, good to see you here and everything else. So if you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, we've got phone lines open. We can talk about your plant world. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Carol's yard. Carol, how are you today? Yes, I'm doing just good. Um, I, I have a question about um, white flies on gardenias, and I've tried to get rid of them. I've sprayed it with a, a product called Garden Safe. Um, I also have this Cutter Backyard Bug Control. <clears throat> Could you tell me a good uh, remedy to get rid of them? Well, you probably you're getting rid of them, but you're not getting rid of the eggs that are down in the potting mix. So you need mm-hmm. to get something at your favorite garden center that you can mix up and pour down into the potting mix with okay. probably a mix of water and whatever chemical they, you know, they recommend. Because you're getting probably killing the, the adults that are flying around, but they've already laid eggs, and that's what's, you know, why it keeps, you know, chronically coming back. Okay. Um, but I, I couldn't dilute some of this stuff and put it in there. Well, I... Read the label and see if you can. Okay. You know, that's the All best right. way to Great. do it. Also, you Thanks might so try much. to get uh, some sticky traps, you know, which are like pieces of tape that are sticky, and uh-huh. hang them close by and see if that can attract some of the white fly, too. Yeah, it seems like they go away when I spray, but then they come back. Right, because could, you, know, you could have killed them again, but then the, some new eggs have hatched. Okay, thanks a lot. Yep, good luck with that. Yeah, white fly is a hassle. So, but if you're having good luck with your gardenia, congratulations because that's uh, not a real easy plant to grow here. Whether it's in the si- inside, you know, in the winter time and outside during the summertime, it just doesn't necessarily like St. Louis all that much. And uh, I'll tell you, the warm season annual weeds—they are <laughs> just—I mean, they're exploding like crabgrass, barnyard grass, goosegrass, the violets, lamb's quarter, knotweed, purslane, ragweed, all kinds of different stuff as well. And those were ones that you could have controlled by putting a pre-emergent down when the forsythia was in bloom this spring. Now we're getting pretty close to, you know, August and mid to late August you want to put a pre-emergent down and that's going to co- that's going to help kill, control, as they germinate, the cool season annual weeds, which is henbit, dead nettle, common chickweed, annual bluegrass, plus several more of them as well. So just keep that in mind. The pre-emergence do make it a little bit easier ah, to get some of these weeds under control. And when we've got, you know, our screwy, crazy weather just makes it really, really difficult with the you know, with the weed control, because a lot of times the temperatures are too hot, at least lately, 
to be using an herbicide because you can damage some other plants. Now, if they're just weeds that are in mulch or in rock mulch or bark mulch or whatever, then you don't have to worry about it. But if it's if they're mixed in with other plant materials like in your lawn or something like that, then you have to be really concerned about that. So just kind of keep that in mind. That's why I you know, continually say make sure that you read the label before you do anything at all. And you trust your garden center to, you know, have a product that uh, is going to work. And if you need some information from them on the application, how to do it and everything else, have no qualms about asking because they're more than willing to spend some time with you because it's all part of the business. And if you live in an area where deer are a problem, here's some different plant materials that the deer do not bother as far as like this time of year, if you have marigolds, lantana, gold amaranth, snapdragons, cleome, the deer just don't like those at all. So you don't necessarily think that they're going to be eating things that are (laughs) this time of year, but yes, they certainly do. Just so keep that in mind. And, uh, with your lawn, it's really difficult. With this heat and everything else, for your cool season lawns, whether they're bluegrass or a fescue, just realize that it's those are cool seasons, and they do great during the war or cooler weather, but when it starts getting hot and continue to get hot, regardless of what you do with the amount of watering or anything else, And you should not be doing any kind of fertilizing this time of year because that's going to be to the detriment of your cool season lawns. Where your warm season lawn, your zoysia, wants to be fertilized this time of year. So just, I mean, there's two different things. We're in that transition zone, and it makes it very, very, very difficult to have good, successful lawns. So keep that in mind. And uh, just in general, keep, you know, when you mow your lawn, mow it a little bit higher. I got my mower set at about four and a half to five inches. And that way it kind of protects the crown of the plants. And consequently, it, you know, the crown is where the root system and the blades of the grass meet. And with adding a little bit of shadowing, that kind of helps even with the warm season you know, with the zoysia, it helps keep it a lot more vibrant. Let's head over to Vince's yard. Hi, Vince. Hello. Hi. Mike. Yes. I have I have this liriope that's in the front of my flower beds, and it's just going taking over everything. How do I get rid of that? <laughs> liriope, you've got the spicata variety, which is a ground cover type. It's going to be you know a tough one. It is a uh, is it mixed in with other plants, or is it just one big area that you're trying to kill off? Well, somebody put it in as a border along all my front of my house, which must be might be 120 feet long. Whoa! And it hi- it hides all my flowers behind it. Oh. Is, I'm yeah. Assuming, probably all the flowers that you have are broadleaf flowers. Well, what you could do. Well, is go to your favorite garden center and get a grass killer because a liriope has a narrow blade like grass and just give it a try on one section and see how effective it's going to be. Because, I mean, it is, the root system is going to be very extensive 
and it's as you see, you know, it's going to be very invasive. So whoever came up with that idea of using that as a border for your plant materials, for your other perennials and things like that, was not very smart. No, I agree with that. But I would I be better off to wait for the fall and just cut it all down to the cut all the tops off with a weed thing, or and then do, spray it or not? Well, it's. You could give it a try. I mean, I'd give it some. I'd give a, you know, a ten-foot length section now and see how effective it's going to be, and you might, uh, you know, give it another shot. Go after it during the fall too, and then next year, as soon as the new growth starts uh, emerging, go after it again. And it's going to take multiple years to finally get rid of it. To be honest. Okay. So what what do I get? Grass killer? Yeah, just I mean any kind of general grass killer because. Again, the grass has a narrow blade, and the liriope has a narrow blade, so the, it'll be very effective against that, but it won't impact any kind of perennials like whether you have sunflowers or whatever you happen to have. Okay. Appreciate it. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Thank you. And just you know, try one section, like I said, a 10-foot length section, and see how effective it is and see if you're happy with the way it, you know, way it works. And if you can, make sure that this grass killer is systemic. So, in other words, it will kill not only above-ground growth, but it will go down and kill the root system as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. Good luck with that. And why don't we go ahead and take a break, and then Ann will be talking to you as soon as we come back from break. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back in a few minutes. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have any questions or concerns, we got some phone lines open. And let's head over to Ann's yard right now. Hi, Ann. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, thank you for your show. I appreciate your knowledge. Um my daughter had a, I guess it was two or three years old, maybe four, a peach tree and several other berry bushes and trees, fruit trees and stuff. And she found, she lives in the woods, so she found out this year that uh, a little herd of deer come up and has eaten, I mean, she saw the deer. So wondering, uh, now that the deer have got this peach tree chewed back all but maybe a foot from the ground Yikes. is it savable uh savable but it's going to be decade before she's going to get any kind of fruit off of it she's better off just to pull it out and plant a new one right very much okay so. and then you know go through the whole system of you know protecting it from the deer with with fencing or whatever she needs to do or just i mean be realistic and save her she can save herself a lot of grief with just not planting things that are going to be necessarily more attractive to the deer and it's yeah cultivated type things the deer like more so than the the normal things that are out in the woods yeah well they've got a pretty nice size yard so she was thinking fruit trees for them all to share and eat the fruit but uh (laughs) (laughs) the deer are liking it Right. Pretty well. <laughs> well, it's going to take a while. I mean, even depending upon if she gets, you know, hybrids, which I'm assuming she's going to, 
certain ones, dwarfs, are going to take several years, and then the standard size one are going to take even a couple more years to actually start producing any kind of fruit that's going to be, you know, worth worthwhile. Let's put it okay. that way. Okay. So of all of them, she's best to try and find a hybrid then. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for all your knowledge, Mr. Miller. Yeah, and tell her to you know to get a dwarf tree and not a standard-sized tree because the dwarf trees are going to give her uh, fruit production sooner than the standard size. Okay, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And, folks, we got phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. You have a mold problem? Well, uh, a problem... <laughs> the problem with moles is, uh, and you don't want to have any kind of traps. Okay. Well, there is this product called Kaput. And again, it's a gel type thing that you inject into the mole tunnels. And the mole tunnels that are at the surface, that's the ones where the moles are tunneling around. They hear earthworms, which is their main diet. And then they tunnel towards the sound of the earthworms and then eat an earthworm. This product, Kaput, when you inject it into the tunnel, looks like an earthworm. As the mole goes along, it comes across this. It smells like an earthworm, tastes like an earthworm, but it's poisonous, and it will kill the mole. So just realize there's two systems of tunneling with the moles. The surface tunnels is the ones where they're going after food, and then there's a tunnel that's about a foot lower, which once they sort of, let's say, get full of eating earthworms and things like that. They go to the lower tunnel, and the lower tunnel is the one that leads them back to where they go to sleep. And the, the females and the males and everybody you know, can be there, so just kind of keep that in mind that it's going to be tr- <laughs> real trouble just kind of in general for the plants, you know, all the plants, because even if the moles don't eat, let's say, plant roots, they cause dehydration of the plant root systems by tunneling uh, underneath and then cool air is going to get in, or not cool air, but warm air is going to get in there and it's going to make the root systems just dry out even more. So just kind of keep that in mind. How about your summer bulbs? How are they doing? Well, my cannas and, and uh, elephant ears are really doing you know, pretty good. I used to grow a lot more than what I do now, but I've been happy with the way they're growing. I decided to go, you know, with the cannas, ones that have the maroon foliage. It gives a really tropical look, and they're very animated in the winds, and that's, you know, really kind of nice. Interesting thing about some of these uh, summer bulbs, though, like the elephant ears, the water doesn't stick to them. Like when you just kind of spray them when you're watering and everything else, but the, why it doesn't stick to them? But it will, you know, the water driplets will stick to the canna leaves. And I kind of like that because it just kind of adds some sparkle, you know, within an, uh, sort of an hour or so when you do some watering. So that's kind of really uh, just aesthetically really nice. And fertilizing, they need the fertilizer. I fertilize them about every two weeks. And I just kind of use a general fertilizer, nothing, you know, really exceptional or really out of the ordinary so besides the cannas and elephant ears there's caladiums which has a very colorful leaf it can be started indoors 
earlier in the season and then plant it in a shaded area. And then it adds some real, really kind of nice pizzazz. It th- thrives in wet locations with light shade, and it can be grown with the elephant ears. The elephant ears don't necessarily have to be in the full sun. And so the combination of those two are really kind of really kind of nice, to be honest with you. And the gladiolas, they're a summertime bulb, but they grow, which are nice. Then they flower, and consequently when they flower, then they're kind of finished. They don't do anything else, so you don't have an aesthetic value with that. I still personally don't have any kind of experience with the dahlias, though I've been to plenty of yards where the dahlias are growing. And uh, I just, you know, there's other things that I kind of like a little bit better than what the dahlias do, but uh, they are striking as well. Very colorful for background, and uh, you can put shorter type plants annuals or perennials in front of them and so they're they're a good backdrop background type plant so just kind of keep that in mind watch out for the red clover mites they feed on plants are not as damaging as spider mites but they you know and they don't build any kind of webbing but they like warm sunny locations and you you can see them running on concrete surfaces and uh when you Let's say put your finger down on them or squash them, it'll leave a red streak. And they're not harmful to people, pets, or furniture, so they they don't do any damage that way. But they do some damage to plant material. Not as, like I said, as much as spider mites, but they are problematic. And the interesting thing is uh, there's only females. So there's no mating needed to have the females start to lay more eggs. So just kind of a very kind of strange or oddball circumstance with that. And uh, again, I'm going to repeat, read the label for any chemical, whether it's fertilizer or anything else that you're putting on plant material before you do it, even if you've had experience with that particular product because sometimes it makes changes and you need to know about the changes. So. Let's head over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask a specific question about elephant ears. A friend of ours gave us a pot of them. He hadn't had a chance to uh, get the bulbs planted in the ground, and I didn't have any place to plant them in the ground, so I've got them in a good-sized pot. But we were there yesterday, and his are way bigger, and I'm having a problem with mine. Like, I'm looking at them right now. Some are hanging down, and they're yellow, but if I don't give them – a good amount of water, then, I mean, I'm not drowning them or anything. There's not water sitting in the pot and there's holes in the bottom. Then they'll droop. I really, I mean, I've never grown them before, so I'm having, <laughs> I'm having a problem. <laughs> They're just not doing that well. Well, the, what, do, what do I do? Well, the ones that are yellow that are, you know, let's say drooping over, those are just the older, you know, leaves. So that's just going to be an, a natural type process. And oh, okay. There's, I mean, if he gave, did he give you this pot with the elephant ears and the potting mix with it? He gave me a smaller pot, and they said the man actually had a heart attack and had to have heart surgery. So I think, you know, he couldn't do any more work in the yard. So, but he said to put them in a larger pot, which I did, and added more, you know, new uh, Miracle Grow potting mix to right. it. 
So I transplanted them, and he said they need to be in a bigger pot, which I did. Okay. And so they are. They definitely need to be in a you know in a pretty good sized pot. I grow I grow some in the ground, but I grow some the majority in pots. And I do, oh, okay. I mix them in with other things. So I have some cannas and elephant ears, and actually some liriope variegated liriope in one pot. So I have a couple different things, and I have some castor beans in another one, which with the elephant ears. So and this just, this was in May when okay. I got them, and May when I put, you know, the new miracle Grow soil, which would have had food. Should right. I give them any food again, like miracle, liquid miracle Grow? Yeah, definitely do that. Feed them every couple of weeks. And okay. depending upon how big the bulb was that he gave you, that determines how big, you know, the plants are going to be for you, you know, this particular year. So, you know, I've had some oh, okay. that I've had for multiple years. And then ultimately, you could... the elephant ear bulb will end up the size well not quite as big as a pineapple but pretty good size but if they're if they were relatively small then that's why you're not getting huge leaves like he is oh okay well yeah i didn't see the bulb at all i didn't take the soil okay. off of there or anything i just plopped it in <laughs> but, but then how do i keep those in the winter i don't know what to do with that i was thinking of giving them back to my friend and saying here you keep it over winter but what do i do with <laughs> well you can <laughs> do that or you can just bring them you know you can cut them off and bring them inside and just let them uh, go dormant or you can pull them out of the potting mix shake all the potting mix off of them and store them in paper bags with uh, wrap around newspaper okay kind of like a cannibal maybe yeah exactly the exact same okay. kind of treatment okay yeah i really I bought one can of this year. I don't, this man, this friend of mine, he has great success with that too. I know I'm giving him that can of ball to keep for me because I have no success with that. I do everything you're supposed to do as far as I know. And then I planted them. I only had one that seemed like it was even viable that had any plumpness to it. The rest were kind of dried out mm. and nothing came up. So, Wow. My friend Tim is getting my cannonball <laughs> <laughs> over water for me because there's no way I want to kill this one. It was it was ten dollars for this cannonball. Yeah, and a little nursery was in a pot, so it was ten ten it might be more than one, I think it is, a couple of them. But right. I'm not killing that one this winter. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> and All right, th thanks a lot. I love the show. Well, thank you. And also you can just leave them in the pot and put them in the garage if your garage doesn't get below freezing. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it probably does. Oh. I don't know. Maybe you know. You know, maybe it doesn't because I have a foxtail fern that I saw. I saw those out on Coronado and uh, out of San Diego, uh -huh. and I thought they were so pretty. Right. And those are kind of expensive too. So I did an experiment last winter and kept it in the garage instead of like putting it down the basement. We have windows in our garage on the door. So we get more light. Right. And when it got really cold, I put a towel, you know, an old bath towel around it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't water it a whole lot. It never got any brown on it. And it's beautiful. It, it wow. looks like it never even went through the winter. So that's the way to, to keep those. Right. You so, know, I would, the one I had before, I just threw it away. I thought, well, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't hardly shed. And, you know, like I say, I'd wrap it up with a bath towel if it was really cold. Right. And it's beautiful now. So that's just a little hint. 
<laughs> yeah, I gardeners mean, so to gardeners. It sounds like you know, have some good luck and give it a try. So with the cannabulb, if I left it or put it in a pot, it's is in the ground now. Put it in a pot. Would I put any dry potting soil around it? What would I do? Or just shake the dirt off of it? And what do I do to yeah, kind shake of protect the dirt it? and just put it like in, you know, into the pot, you know, buried about. Uh, Probably get a pretty good size pod, depending upon the size of the you know the tuber of the canna. Okay. And you know have a couple inches of potting mix below it, and a couple inches of potting mix above it, and that's about all you need to do. Okay, and no water like all winter. Well, you can water, no water? It occasionally. It doesn't hurt. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thanks right. a lot, Mike. Sure. Have a great weekend. Yep. You too. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Back after these messages. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.